Hey friends, Pastor Marco here. First of all, thank you for listening to the weekly podcast. I want to um, encourage you to do something. If you listen to us from a different state or a different country and you love the church and you want to be more connected to it, we are now opening it up for people to host new life communities from where they are. And if you're interested in being one of those people that can uh, host a watch party of our services where you can invite your friends, your loved ones, your co-workers, your neighbors or whatnot to come and be a part of it, uh, email us at info at newlifesouthcoast.com because we want to be able to have pockets of new life communities all over the nation and all over the world. So if you're interested, get back to us. Uh, we would love to connect with you. Also, if you're closer and you can be in the physical building, our services now are at 9.15 and 11 a.m. at our New Bedford location and 11 a.m. at our Forever location. The best way to stay connected is by downloading our church app. Go to the browser um, and just type in New Life South Coast and our app will pop up on Apple or whatever else that you use for you to stay connected. I pray that today's message, as usual, will encourage you, challenge you, and, and bless your walk with the Lord. I want to get right into this talk so we can baptize some people. Yeah. We're going to be in the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to talk to you about what this song was all about, who we are in God, and the confidence that comes from knowing who we are. Can you say Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, I want to read first, verses 4 and 5 and then verse 9. It says this, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more... You are his holy priest. Tell your neighbor, you didn't know you were a priest. No, for real. Tell your neighbor, you didn't know you were a priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And verse 9 says, for you are a chosen people. Here it is again. For you are royal priests. Tell your other neighbor, you're a priest, for real. A holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Can you say amen? Amen. So I want to title this talk. And, I'm, and it's going to be a little bit more brief. When a preacher says it's brief, we're always lying. Um, so pray for us. But we do want to shorten this message because we have baptism. So if you want to hear the full message, you're going to hear, listen to the podcast tomorrow. I preached this morning the full message. But so this is a condensed version of it. But I want to title this Everyday Priests. Every day I'm priesting. Um, every day. <laughs> every day. I'm hustling. Um, I was born and raised in Cape Verde. How many Cape Verdeans do I have in a house? And I believe this. This is not in the Bible. I just believe this. When we get to heaven, we're all going to speak K-Verdian. So be ready. <laughs> and the best dish in heaven is going to be kachupa. Yeah. <laughs> but I was born and raised there. I moved here when I was 15 years old. 
And I grew up going to church, not because of my parents, because at that time, my parents were the typical Christmas and Easter people. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Um, they're here. I'm not going to embarrass them. Love my parents. Shout out to you. You did a great job. <laughs> but I had a grandmother who just loved Jesus. And she made sure that I went to Sunday school with her on the weekends. But then she had two sisters. Her two sisters lived together their entire life. Never married, never had a boyfriend. They lived together their entire lives. And they were Catholic, and they would take me to Mass. I think they made a deal behind the scenes. <laughs> they were going to get this kid to Jesus. And the deal I think they made was, okay, you take him to Sunday school, and we'll take him to Mass. And the cool thing about it, now that I think about it later in life, I love the fact that even though they went to different churches, a different denomination, I never seen them fight because they knew it was all about Jesus. It wasn't about where... You go to church. So that's how I grew up. And I love the fact that God loved me so much to put people in my life to lead me in the right path. Even when I didn't fully understand it, you know. But I would go to church. And I, I always enjoyed church because I believe this. That if you're paying attention, church could be a lot of fun. Because I tell people all the time, if you're bored in church, it's because you're boring. I tell my kids all the time. When you say you're boring, you're bored, that means you're a boring person. Because there's always something funny going on in church. If you look around, there's always something to laugh about. Like, there's always that woman that dresses her curtain to church. Um, <laughs> so as a kid, I always found ways to have fun in church. But I always had this like reverence and respect for the priest or the pastor. Because I think all of us, in our minds and our hearts, we kind of put them in a different category. We feel like they're like a little bit elevated from the rest of us because they're the pastor or they're the priest. And I kind of like had that on me when I would see the pastor and the priest. And, and, and God forbid you walk into your pastor or priest on the street. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just weird. You're like, what are you doing out here? Like, shouldn't you be at church? Like, you ever walk into a teacher outside of school? And you're like, wait, don't you live at school? Don't you have like a little cot in the basement of the school? I, I was a, a high school teacher for nine years. And I would walk into kids sometimes at the mall. They look at you, Louis, like, what are you doing out here? Go back to school. Like, don't you live there? You're like, we have a tendency to put these people in a certain like category. Like, they're, they're a little bit different, disconnected from, from the rest of us. But then you start to read the scriptures and you realize that that was never the intention that God had. The intention that God had was that every single person who says that they follow him, that they've embraced Jesus as their Lord and Savior, is a priest in their own right. Did you know that? Like that every single one of us are called to be a priest. Now let me help you understand this real quick. Priest simply means someone who has communion with God and represents God. That's what a priest is. And if you go back to the Bible, all the way in the beginning from Exodus, when God took his people out of Egypt to make them their own nation, he says, I'm going to make you into a nation of priests. I want you to have communion with me and to represent me to the rest of the world. And God said, I'm going to start with one tribe called the Levitical tribe, just to show you how I mean when I say you need to be a priest, someone set apart, someone distinct, someone who belongs to me. And when you fast forward to Jesus, when Jesus came to earth, Jesus came to establish that priesthood in every single person that follows him. Right? Every single one. 
couple of things about Jesus is so important to understand why we need to stop having this disconnect between the person up here and the, and the person that's on, 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 the, on, the, uh, on the seats is the fact that Jesus walked around showing you what it means to have communion with God and what it means to represent God, which means a priest. And then most importantly, when Jesus went to the cross, he did something really powerful. At the cross, when Jesus died for the sins of the world, something powerful happened in the temple or the church of the time. They used to have a separation in the temple called the Holy of Holies where only the high priest would go into to give the ultimate sacrifice for sins once a year. The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the Holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom. In other words, what he was doing is he was separating the distinction that we had between the high priest and the rest of the people. He's saying, no, now there's no separation. All of you who come to me through my salvation are priests in your own right, in your own ways. And God has created you to have direct access to him. You don't need to go through another priest to get to him. So... Jesus comes to establish that he is the ultimate high priest, the only one who can pay for the sins of the world because it takes a perfect sacrifice. And the Bible calls him the perfect lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And today as you walk through these waters, we believe that something powerful is going to happen. There's an exchange that takes place between the old self and the new self. You're leaving the old behind and you're grabbing a hold of the new and you are a priest. So all of us, my friends, are priests in our own rights. It's a calling that God puts on our lives. Now, you may not be called to be a full-time vocational priest like I am, but guess what? All of us are called to be full-time Christians exactly where we are. Oh, I had to get a better amen than that on this. It's important to understand this because this is what the difference comes from when we say, I don't go to church, I am the church. Because when you understand what Jesus did on the cross for you, you understand this, that what he was doing is, he was saying, no longer do you have to go to a temple to sacrifice because the sacrifice is done for you. And when you embrace me, you're inviting the entire God into your life. And guess what? Now, you are the temple. So therefore, you don't go to church, you are the church. On Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. You don't wait till Sunday to worship God. Why? Because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You already have God with you. You don't wait for Sunday to come around. You bring Sunday with you wherever you go. Sunday, I call it a locker room day. Sunday is the day we get our assignment together. Sunday is the day we get our play, playbook together. Sunday is the day we get our assignment for the week. That God is saying, hey, priest, let's gather together. I have a purpose. I have a mission. I have a goal. And now we're going to break and we're going to go out and be the priest that God created us to be in our workplaces, in our place of business, in our place of gym, everywhere we go. You and I represent who God is on this earth. Can you say Amen. Everyday priest is what this world needs. You don't need saints on a shelf. Good for nothing. We need saints who gets their hands dirty every day and shows who God is and has communion with God and can represent God and can point people to God. Can you say amen? So my friends, every single one of us are called to be a representation of who God is. And it starts when you surrender your life to him. Now, 
priests have duties. Today, when you get baptized, I hope you understand this, it's just the beginning. This is not the end of it all. This is just the beginning of a new journey. And that journey will be tested. I hope you go home and you read, right after Jesus got baptized, he was sent into the wilderness to be tested. Because there is an enemy of your soul who's going to come to say, do you really think you believe that Jesus can forgive you of your sins? And you have to remind the enemy, listen, I may not be perfect, but I have a perfect sacrifice on my behalf, and I want to live in the fullness of his will. Let me tell you something. All hell breaks loose when you go public with Jesus. So be ready for warfare. I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare next week. Because if we're naive to think that we are in heaven, we made a huge mistake. We live behind enemy lines right now, and we're called to represent God exactly where we are. We're not waiting to go to heaven someday. We're bringing heaven to earth right now, and that's what a goal of a priest is, is to bring the presence of God exactly where you are. So all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, our priests, and our priests, it's a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. Like, I don't take that lightly to be up here and say that I represent God. That's a tremendous responsibility. It carries weight. But the beauty of this, it's not a weight that's on me. I have to understand that if he is the one that called me, then he's the one that's going to qualify me. He's the one that's going to empower me. He's the one that's going to enable me to do what he's called me to do. So I want to share with you the duties of a priest. All of us who have embraced Jesus have a call to represent God in a certain way. Number one, if you're taking notes, number one duty of a priest is to reflect the holiness of God. My friends, the word holiness is powerful. The Bible says this in Peter, the first, the same chapter that we read. He said, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God chose you, is holy. For the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. Now, this is where we get a little bit tripped up. We confuse the word holiness with the word perfection. It's not the same thing. God knows that you are not perfect. Matter of fact, when we go, I'm not perfect, you think God's going, OMG, I had no idea. You know, I think sometimes we think we're like, we're saying something really profound. You know, I'm just human. Oh, really? <laughs> we didn't know that. That's why we have an alien crew just for you. <laughs> it's not a real thing, by the way. It's just someone's wondering. Okay, because I know the way, nowadays, everything you say gets scrutinized. Someone's on Facebook writing a post right now, pastor believes in aliens. <laughs> yeah, I believe you're an alien. Um, Holiness, if you're taking notes, the word literally means set apart. Distinct. Holiness means that I I have made a vow, like we talked about a few weeks ago, and in a commitment to the Lord. I am his, and he's mine. Holiness is me as a husband saying to my wife, till death do us apart. I'm committed to you. I'm devoted to you. There's no other woman. There will never be another woman. Come hell or high water, we've made a decision to be together for the rest of our lives. That's holiness in marriage. Now, in that vow, there are days that she wants to kill me. Not really. I'm amazing. 
Here goes another Facebook post. <laughs> Nowadays, you can't joke about anything. But holiness means you're distinct, you're set apart, you've made up your mind that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. That's why I love baptisms, because that's a public declaration telling the whole world that, listen, I am forgiven, I'm justified, I'm accepted, I'm righteous because he's righteous, I'm holy because he's holy, I'm his. Because here's the thing, my friends, if we don't understand that, all you did this morning was take a bath. If you're desperate for a bath, then we would have given you <laughs> without having to do it here. I say that because I pray we understand we're not going through rituals here. We're not going through the motions here. We are embracing who God says that we are. Holy, set apart, distinct, his. No questions asked. And Jesus is the one that I pledge allegiance to above all things. Now, he says, be holy as I am holy. And so you have to understand that God has certain traits in character that he wants his people to reflect. When a parent hears that your kid is just like you, there is this part of you that's, that feels good, that you feel like, that you feel proud that your kid is reflecting you. So we, us knucklehead, feel that way. How much more does God want us to reflect who he is as the father that he is? So the holiness comes through how we are reflecting the character of God. Right. Who is God? Well, we know that, yes, he's set apart, is distinct. By the way, so funny because sometimes people say, I'll believe if I see him. Problem is, you can see him, but you're not going to make it. Right. I got good news and bad news. <laughs> because he's so distinct, he's so set apart. That's why our bodies have to be transformed to be in his presence one day in a place called heaven. That's why we can't see God and live. And so that's why he has to come in the form of Jesus in the flesh to say, hey, look, you can touch me. You can see me. You can talk to me. We can have a relationship. But in order for us to be fully united one day, I have to transform your body because I'm holy. I can't exist with things that are not holy. My God, that's heavy. So my friends, God is holy. And our favorite one is God is love, right? But he's not just those things. God is also just. God loves justice. It's impossible to read this thing and not see his heart for justice. Like from the beginning, from the beginning, from the beginning, the very first time someone committed murder, God says, where are you and what did you do? To Cain, when he killed his brother Abel, he says, and Abel said, am I my brother's keeper? God says, heck yeah, you are. I created you to look after each other, to help each other, to bless each other. God hates injustice. My friends, anytime you witness injustice, there should be something in you that says that ain't right. right. Come on. It's God in you. Matter of fact, you know how it feels to be treated unjustly. Right. Anytime you treat it unjustly, there's something in you that says that ain't right. Yeah. But guess what? God doesn't just care about you. He cares about humanity. Anytime yes. you see someone being treated unjustly, God yes. is saying, stand up for justice. Stand up for what is right. Stand up for what is moral. Stand up. That's why right now, my friends, we have this injustice called racism, and God hates racism. God wants his people to stand up and say, that ain't right. And you can tell when someone doesn't have the heart of God, when you say that, their first reaction is, yeah, but all lives matter. 
Right. Well, duh. Of course all lives matter. But when there's injustice somewhere, you stand up for what is just. You stand up for what is true. You stand up for what is right. Of course. Can you imagine if someone, you, you lose your grandmother and someone says, you know, all grandmothers die. All grandmothers die every day. Thousands of grandmothers die. You would say that person's a jerk. Because you're like, my grandmother died. It's personal. It's real. It's intimate. So when someone is treated unjust and they're killed unjustly, there's something in us that says, that ain't right. We need to do something about doing the will of God on this earth. We can't wait to go to heaven. Heaven is already just. God leaves us here to fight for the right things, to fight for the things that he cares about. Listen, read your scriptures. God says, I want justice, rivers of it. I want people to be treated fairly. Listen, God says, you know what I care about? Justice, mercy, righteousness, holiness, purity. God's compassionate. He says, be compassionate as I am. God's merciful. He says, be merciful. We become an extension of who God is on this earth. And I believe that's why we're here. Think about it. If it was all about accepting Jesus, then why don't you beam you up and go to heaven right away? He leaves you here to bring heaven to earth. That whenever you see something that doesn't reflect the heart of God, you say that ain't right and you do something about it. Can you say amen? amen. So my friends, our first call is to reflect the holiness of God. Our second call is to offer spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to God. Book of Hebrews says this, therefore let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. That's why every Sunday we start with praise. We invite the presence of God. Proclaiming our allegiance to his name. That's again, distinction is holiness. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Do you notice three things he says that please God? Praise, why? Because praise is how you enter the presence of God. The Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Parents, we know this very well. There's nothing more exciting when your kids say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No matter how mad you are at them, when they say thank you, you're like, knucklehead. <laughs> Finally recognize what I do around here. If you feel that way, how much more God in heaven who provides for all you need every day saying, it's about time you came and worship and praise and give me praise and know where your blessings come from. Know that you're not God, but he is God. When I praise God, I'm putting myself in the right place. So praise is a sacrifice that God accepts. But then he says, don't forget. It's amazing to me. The Bible is so honest. Don't forget to do good and to show what those in need. Why? Because we forget. My friends, this is why it's, this separates people that go to church and people who watch church. Because, because here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. If I am a temple of God, wherever I go, then I see a need, I'm going to meet it. I pray you understand this. There's a difference between charity and Christianity. Charity is what we do to feel good about ourselves on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Christianity is what we do because God is already in us being good to us and we have a blessing to those people around us. You want to please God? You see a need, you meet it. And God says, that pleases me because you're reflecting who I am. These are the sacrifices that God cares about. Listen, people don't understand this. The Bible even says this. He says, listen, you can do a lot of stuff. It means nothing to God if you're not doing this. 
You can, stand, you can stay in a room and pray for 10 hours every day, but if you're not being good to others and being a blessing to others, guess what? All you're doing is hurting your knee. <laughs> like, that's what pleases God. God is not pleased with sacrifices that you think he cares about. Like, people think like God loves it when you go to church as if God's in heaven going, oh my God, I'm so glad you came. Here's a brownie. Jimmy. <laughs> no, it's, it's about what you do because you went to church. Because you understood your assignment is to go and be a blessing to those in need. Can you say amen? amen? Number three, all of us who are called by Jesus are called to intercede for others. Look at what the Bible says in Timothy. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for, what's the word here? Can we say it like we're all here? All people, including Karen. <laughs> Every office has a Karen. And if there's a Karen in the room, I'm praying for you. <laughs> All people. Okay. Ask God to help them. That's the goal of a priest. We intercede for others. God, help Karen. I'm about to kill her. Scratch that God, help me not kill Karen. Intercede on their behalf. You know what the intercede means? I stand in the gap for others because I understand who God is and how much people need God. And give thanks for them. For them. All of them. And pray this way for kings. My friends, who are kings today? Presidents. Let's reread that. Pray this way for Trump. Here's another Facebook. Well, he ain't my president. I don't know. You live in America. (laughs) And all who are in what? All who are in authority. That's your boss. By the way, that's police officers. Yes, come on. So I pretty understand it. You see, God's people, we transcend society because we tap into a different reality. I can stand up for black lives and stand up for police officers. I can pray for my president even if I don't agree with everything he says. I can go above my feelings and my emotions because I am no longer driven by my own thing. I want God's heart, and God's heart is for all people. I don't get to decide who. He decides who he wants to bless. It's not up to me. It's up to God. Friends. Now watch this. Watch this. I love how practical the Bible is. Say, pray for all people. Why? So you, we can live peaceful and quiet lives. My God, our nation is in chaos right now. Who's going to stand in the gap for our nation and say, God, this ain't okay. You're not okay with racism. You're not okay with, with police brutality. But also, you're not okay with, with police lives not mattering. You're not okay with us just bashing the president and not bless the president. You're not okay with what's going on. Who doesn't want to be 
living in a place that's peaceful and quiet. Pray the other day, I said, God, I, I hope I can be a grandfather someday. I want to be 85 rocking PJs. How are we going to get there if we don't intercede for our nation and for this next generation to not let this place who is, by the way, one of the greatest nations on the face of the planet. We have to pray for this nation. This is above politics, my friends. This is God's heart. Listen, he said, look, you can live quiet, marked by God's dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Who wants, can you say this word with me? Everyone. Can you say it like you mean it? Everyone, Everyone including Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. You see the heart of God? That's why we have to be careful with picking sides. When we're picking sides, we're leaving somebody out. When God's like, I don't pick sides. I want everyone for God so love everyone that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone. My friends, let me say something very clear here. If you have a theology that doesn't include everyone, you don't have Jesus. You have religion, but you don't have Jesus. There's a difference. And notice how religious people talk. It's fascinating to me. Every religious person who is strongly about who's going to hell, who's going to heaven, they all think they're going to heaven. But when I read scriptures, it says one day we're going to be shocked. Because there are going to be some people that you didn't think could make it, but they were included in everyone. And some people who thought they are going to make it might be left outside looking in. My friends, let's get the heart of God. Might want to get the heart of God. Because my friends, when it comes to heaven or hell, that's above all our pay grade. How about we let God be God? And we include everyone like he wants to include everyone. Isn't that amazing sometimes? The very people that you have ruled out are the people that come and say, man, I need this in my life. I'm amazed how God is so good and faithful. The people that you think could never make it. I talked about my parents. My father is a great example of a miracle. What God will do when you, someone transforms their lives. I've seen it. I can't deny how good God is. He can take anyone and transform them. As long as we're here, God is working to get to us. Even now, some of you came here just to support your friends because they're getting baptized. But you didn't understand this is a setup. God is coming after you. And he loves you. And he's for you. Because it's everyone. Everyone. Everyone, including Karen. Let's pray for Karen. You know, we live in a culture where they want to cancel people. I thank God that he cancels our sins, but he doesn't cancel anybody. Thank God that Jesus cancels your sins, but he never cancels you. I'm thankful for a culture of grace, not a culture of canceling, because canceling is hypocrisy. Anybody who cancels somebody is already a hypocrite. And everybody who cancels someone has already canceled themselves. Oh, read your Bible. He says, if you bind, I'll bind. If you loose, I'll loose. 
Oh, y'all ain't ready for that word. I'll just move on. It's baptism. I got one, I got one last point. It says we are, you're an everyday priest. You're called to represent God to others. Not just intercede, but be, be an example in the flesh of what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus. Look, Peter goes on to say, he says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Can I just pause here? Can we please highlight these two words, gentle and respectful? Because nowadays, we have a lot of religious people who need a lesson in ethics. Amen. So many people will say things like, I'm just telling you the truth. But it's like, there's a thousand ways to tell the truth. Your job is to pick the most gentle and respectful way to tell the truth. As if, listen, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Well, let me finish this point. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. How would you want someone to tell you the truth? People say it like, they think Jesus would talk like that. The truth will set you free. You think Jesus talks like that? You missed it. Jesus talks with gentleness and respectfulness. Because you can't force anybody into anything. And guess what? It is actually your gentleness and your respectfulness that makes people want to listen. Because people can care less about what you're saying. They want to know if you really care about what you're saying. It's not what you're saying, it's what you do doing that says that you're saying what you're caring about. Are you tracking with me? Listen, it is your life that opens doors for people to receive Christ. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people, watch this, I love the Bible, man. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Come on, somebody. I love that. My friends, my conviction is this. I want to live in such a way that when people talk about me, they'll have to make it up. Yes. Good. I really believe that. I want to live in such a way because I'm a public figure. I know people talk about me. I've heard it all. I've heard, I mean, I mean Illuminati. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like, I have to go research that. I mean, Illuminati, I don't even, I'm in a club I don't even know where I belong. I've heard I'm a false teacher. I'm a false prophet. I've heard I water down the gospel. Listen, it doesn't matter what you say about me as long as Jesus knows who I am and and what I'm all about. And I'm going to live in such a way that you're going to have to reinvent things to talk about me. And you can talk about me. I'll talk about you when I'm on my knees. And I'll tell God to bless you. I refuse to curse you. I refuse to lower myself to your level. I'll down my knees and I'll give God the praise and the glory because I refuse to be put into your box of who I'm supposed to be. Felt good to get that off my chest. I get to do public therapy up here. But listen, my friends, I believe in this. I believe the way you live should make other people question how they're living. I believe the way you live should give people a thirst and a desire to follow Jesus. I believe your life should be so compelling that people are asking, like, man, what is it that you have that I don't? 
I was talking to the youth, and I challenged them with this. I said, put my life against anyone that you look up to, any artist, any hip-hop artist. I feel confident about the life that I live. No one lives a better life than me, not because I'm better than them, but because I have Jesus. Just because, listen, they may have more money, but they don't have more purpose. And I believe that's the confidence we're singing about that God gives you. That you're living in such a way that others should be like, man, I'm missing something. And that to me opens the door to say, hey, let me tell you about who makes the difference in my life. When you get baptized, you're going public. You're telling everybody, let me tell you about someone who has changed my life. And he's still changing my life. I may not be there yet, but I'm on my way. And Jesus is the reason. So I, I want to conclude, my friends, by giving you a daily challenge of being a priest. I'm calling this challenge Solid 15. 15 minutes every day. And you can break up this 15 minutes however you choose throughout your day. But I want to challenge you to learn to practice the presence of God because he's with you. Always. You don't have to wait for Sunday. You can do this tomorrow morning. But can you imagine starting your day with worship and praise, inviting the presence of God. And you can do this on your way to work. Instead of listening to silly people talking about politics, how about you put your favorite worship song and says, Jesus, we're going to work together. We're going to go start this day the right way. And we're going to bring your presence with me to work with you. My friends, that will change the game. Because people come in anxious, worry, fearful. You're coming in with the presence of God. And I believe you are the priest of your job. You don't have to go tell them, hey, I'm the priest of this job. But I believe the way you carry yourself says, I'm the priest of this job. And coincidence will begin to happen. People begin to come to you and say, there's something about you. And you can open the doors and say, this is why. Listen, take five minutes. Maybe you can do this during your lunch break. You're going to eat physically. Why don't you eat spiritually too? Take five minutes and say, Lord, open my heart to your word today. And I don't want to just read it. I want to live it because I'm your priest. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your word today. And then take what you read and pray. My friends, I think something powerful will happen if all of us take ownership and go to work and pray for our co-workers. Pray for our boss. You don't know what it means to be a boss until you are one. Pray for them. I believe this. Your presence can bring blessings to your workplace. It may not be your dream job. It's where God has you right now. I believe you can bring prosperity to your workplace. You can bring healing to your workplace. You can intercede for people without them even knowing, but you know you're bringing the presence of God. You, you are the priest of your house. Did you know that? Like, I, I would love to pray for people, but there's nothing more powerful than you praying for your house to say, Lord, as for me and my house, we will serve you. We will worship you. We will love you. We will walk with you. You have a business? You're a priest of your business. I love when businessmen understand that. I talk to businessmen. It's like I start my day praying for all my employees and praying for all the business. I'm, I'm, I have to make tough decisions. I bring the Holy Spirit to it. I tell you, it changes the game when you begin to just understand you are the priest of the things that God has trusted you with. Your kids are acting up. You need, well, you're the priest to pray for your children so they can be where they, God called them to be. Listen, solid 15 every day. I heard that 
you know, 15 minutes can save you 15% of your car insurance. <laughs> Here, here's my pitch to you. 15 minutes with Jesus can save you a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of anxieties, a lot of frustrations. So, and it's a free deal. It's a free deal. For God so loved the world that he wants to make a priest out of every single one of you. Come on, do you receive that word this morning? We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share it with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.